Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, guys. Um, today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations of our donators at Patreon. Andrew, tell us about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is where you can go if you'd like to donate to us to help us improve our show and also receive some cool perks. Um, our current donators are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, who's a real duck, they told us. Yes. And Melissa Goldman, who's a real Goldman. Jess Lightning, who is the best Jess. On the show. On this show. Um, Ewan Cassidy. Haley McDonald. Tescure. And Callum McLeod. McLeod. Jess has an all caps. I can only assume that's how he writes it or she that's writes it. That's how he writes it. How they write it. We I don't, have no we don't idea. Ass- Andrew, Callum, how dare I'm, you assume their gender? I mean, I don't actually know if Callum is a boy or girl name or, or even a real name, you know? <laughs> Freaking Scottish people, man. What is this? What is that name? Don't you make fun of them. They give us money. They give us a little That's financial true. support That's that true. helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals <laughs> of Cheese. If you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early if I ever get them edited, um, then come on and join us on Patreon. Um, we will be recording a commentary for Oklahoma. By this point, it might even be uploaded. We don't know. It probably will be. But we will be doing it, and it'll be a lot of fun. I can just tell from what that show is that it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fucking great. Yes, yes. He he said the F-bomb. Oh, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> he just swung from your left ear to your right ear. Alright, let's get on to the real show, guys. Hello, I'm Jesse McNally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you today, Andrew? I'm doing excellent. I just found out my uh, my friend just got a new job. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, Angel uh, from Rent is actually in a different musical now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, isn't that cool? D- does she also become a-, a black man? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> As you do when you get a new job. Of course. Wow. Uh, you know what I've been doing recently? I, What's that? I've had I've had to take over my father's shoe shop and instead that sounds of like really Jess, I'm gonna stop you right there. Apartments. Think about it. <laughs> no, I, I wanna did you know that shoes are the most beautiful thing in the world? I mean, maybe for some people if you're into that kind of thing. We're talking about kinky boots this week. Yep, and by the name you would assume that it's about foot fetishists. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the kinky boot is that you put your foot into someone's mouth, and then their face becomes the boot. Yes. Yeah, the sex is in the heel, so just embrace it. From London to 
Based on the 2005 British film Kinky Boots, written by Jeff Deanne and Tim Firth, and mostly inspired by true events, the musical tells the story of Charlie Price having inherited a shoe factory from his father. Charlie forms an unlikely partnership with cabaret performer and drag queen Lola to produce a line of high-heeled boots and save the business. In that process, Charlie and Lola discover that they are not so different after all. Following the show's conception in 2006, the creative team was assembled by 2010. The original production of Kinky Boots premiered at the Bank of America Theater in Chicago in October of 2012, with both direction and choreography by Jerry Mitchell, and starring Stark Sands and Billy Porter, as Charlie and Lola respectively. It made its Broadway deb- debut at the Al Hirschfeld Theater on April 4, 2013, following previews that began on March 3, 2013. The musical began a U.S. national tour in 2014 that ended in April 7th of 2019. So, Andrew, what did you think of Kinky Boots? It was okay. <laughs> the dead-eyed stare he gave me as he said that it's kind of like um the most predictable story you could ever imagine mixed the with most predictable pre- thing in the world the most predictable <laughs> thing in the world that yep, mixed, i know mixed with uh you know pretty pretty run-of-the-mill pop music um but none of it's done poorly so it's like it's okay <laughs> You know, the fact that this is predictable and easy and cheesy and goofy usually would bother me. But I don't know if it was just the time that I found this musical, which is recently, or just the mood I was in. But just watching it, it felt like the thing I needed. (laughs) I was like, I just need something. I know where everything's going and the songs need to be fun and I need to just let it wash over me. It felt like she loves me again. Yeah, I mean, you compared this to She Loves Me when when I was talking about it, and you just did again, right now. Um, <laughs> but I feel like She Loves Me, I think She Loves Me is just a little bit more of a romantic uh, musical, so I kind of like that a little better. This one I mean, is a this is a bit, bromance, kind of. I mean, sort of, but it's not, I don't know. I, I, she Loves Me is... is They even have the second act breakup, like, in it? a romance. Yeah, which is... Probably the worst part of the whole thing, but I guess oh, we'll talk 100%. about that <laughs> But, I don't know. If I'm comparing this to She Loves Me, they're both really predictable. Um, one of them is more of a pop style, whereas the other one is more direct show tunes, I think. Um, but they're both very predictable with music that you feel like you've probably heard before. Um, but I think I prefer She Loves Me, and it might partially just be because I like show tunes better, or just I like the romance plot a little better than the more... This is more like business oriented, which I kind of like in a way, but I kind of wish you it was a less you, predictable. You really like the setting of like the shoe factory. I do really like the setting, and I think I like the setting because I relate to it more than anything I've ever seen before. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew currently works at a factory. I work at a warehouse. Same thing. But you know, I've met I've met Dom. I've you know I've met these people. I work with them every day. You know, so this is relatable in that way. And it's also relatable in that, like, I've had a horrible boss before who has no, doesn't care half a shit about his fucking business or is a little bit overly dramatic and has mental breakdowns occasionally. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's relatable in that way. But I'm putting myself in Dom's shoes more than anybody. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I get it, but I, Andrew, why don't you describe the plot of Kinky Boots to us? Yeah, sure. Uh, Kinky Boots is um, 
the story where the father dies and the son inherits the business uh, and he decides that he needs to save the business. So he goes crazy and uh, decides to market to the drag queen uh, niche market. I mean, it's an idea. It is an idea. Uh, I'm not sure how that would play out in real life, to be honest, and they don't really even tell us how it plays out in the musical. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's based on a true story that I didn't look up, so now I'm gonna do that. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if it actually would work. I'm sure you could get some, you could at least get some, uh, attention, like, advertising-wise for something like I that. I think it's, um... Okay, so the original factor's name was W.J. Brooks Shoe Company. Um, W.J. Brooks made women's boots for men and women. And W.J. Brooks was run by Steve Pateman, who took over his father, Richard, while he was still alive. While in his mid-30s, Steve Pateman admitted to being a bit of an exhibitionist. I'm one of those people that hear about fancy dress party and they say, okay, what can we do to shock people? So, shock value, basically. Um, so he made shoes specifically for, like divine and a bunch of other people like that in 1990 like the 1980s and all that and with a loss of sales he started to like push toward like drag queens okay i guess that's a true story <laughs> that's not what happens in this at all though i mean no that's ex extremely far from what's happening in this <laughs> but the thing is what happened in this is much more fun and this isn't really based on the true story as much as it's based on the 2005 film which i just watched earlier today and guess who oh, plays really? guess who plays dom in that version it's a british film so that'll limit it a bit like who is the most known um a chubby british guy that isn't james corden okay i was about to say james corden a <laughs> uh, chubby british guy oh fuck you're just gonna have to tell me. Hang on. Nick I'm Frost. not good with names. Oh, okay, okay. I'm yeah, not I'm really bad dumb. with names. <laughs> and I think Chad Chadwell Idjifer, Twelve Years a Slave guy, plays Lola, which is fucking incredible. Weird casting right there. Yeah, I mean it it's a it's a fun movie. It's on par with the musical. There's no music in that though. Um they're like they do like covers of songs. Yeah, but there's no, none of the music from this is in that. No, none of the music from this is that. Um, all the music in the musical was written by Cindy Lauper for the musical. Yeah, and specifically for that, not for the movie. And how do you think she did as, like, a first-time Broadway writer? I mean, this isn't the first musical we've covered by her. We covered Spongebob, where she wrote a song. Yeah, but she only wrote one song in that, and that was kind of like a... Spongebob is, and we didn't really mention that, but Spongebob was almost like a jukebox musical, in a way. <laughs> it was all original songs. It's its own category in a way. Yeah. Um, but okay. But in this, I mean, she does a decent job. I feel like because she's like a pop musician, you don't get as many like themes that come back and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you have the most beautiful thing in the world, which is like something that you'd expect to kind of pop up all the time. But it, I it kind of feel like it doesn't come back at all. Um, it pops up occasionally, but not as much as you would like. Yeah, and it's like, that That seems like that's the theme, like, you know, but, and I think a part of it is just, a lot of these are just pop songs that are written with story in mind. I've never heard her do a ballad before, and I, strangely, I think that's kind of her strongest moments in the show, like, when she does, like, Not My Father's Son, and, um, <clears throat> yeah, um, Hold Me In Your Heart. Like, those two songs are, like, real tear-jerking moments, and they're effective. 
Some of the really fun pop stuff is fun, though. Uh, Land of Lola is obviously a very fun song. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's his- not talk about the songs Rungas right now. is a fun one. Let's uh, not talk about the songs right now. Just describe whatever for- we fucking want. Just, <laughs> just describe to me the plot as best as you can. I already tried doing that. Okay. Um, Charlie takes over his father's factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets Lola, and Lola is obviously a like drag queen uh type mm-hmm. um he asks and uh she he has a realization that oh wow this is a market that has not been tapped and we can sell men's heels mm-hmm. uh that will not break for men and now my question is um i was gonna lead into this um which is the reason why i asked again sorry about that um I've asked you this before, and you gave me an answer that was really weird. Um, if Lola came to be your boss, would you enjoy working for Lola as your boss? Oh, I think I had a really good answer for this, and that's no, absolutely not. Why? Okay, so we didn't really get to to it yet, but Lola kind of loses it. Uh, he slash she, I'm not really sure which one. It's a he, it's a he. Okay, so he is a man. They do call him she sometimes in the show they do but he's a man um only reason i know this is because the writers have stated that they wrote him as heterosexual but a drag queen and billy that porter does not mean that it's not a she though he calls himself a he especially when he says like big old blokes like me True. and in the movie they state specifically that lola is a he and he still when he's not dressed up he goes as simon okay so it's like divine in a way, yes. Like, when he is himself, he is himself. When he's Lola, he's Lola, but they're one and the same, but he is I a think, man that just likes dressing as a I woman mean, for confidence. Lola is divine, right? Like, let's be real. In a, in a way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, well, I mean, he has a lot of breakdowns, and he, he locks himself in bathrooms, he can't handle conflict very well, um... And he brings a lot of sex into the workplace, which is not really a good thing to do very often. What, they um, have to make... They're literally making sex. They were told that. No. I mean, that's that's the... That's your issue right there. I'm going to stop you right there. You're making shoes. You, you're not making sex. Sex is in the heels. Mm, I'm going to stop you there, Jess. Don't bring sex into the workplace. It's not cool. It's not fun. You're not a cool boss. You're a bad <laughs> person. You're making everything awkward for everybody. And, and everyone you hates for, you. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for harassment. And that's what Don should have done. But Don is an idiot who challenges him to a boxing match, of all things. In the movie, they do something much more realistic where it was an arm wrestling match. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But, um, but they want what to do he should have done, interesting. What he should have done is sued her for sexual harassment. You sat him. on my lap. I didn't yes. ask for this. Yep. That's sexual harassment. Uh, of course, when Andrew watches the show, he will fucking side with Dom. Yes. Kind of. Ki- the comically kind of misguided um, um, misanthrope. Hero. hero fuck He's a hero. you. He fuck saves you. the day. He legitimately yeah. does. He does. <laughs> no one's really supposed to be on his side throughout it. But he even changes his heart. He's he's by far the best person. Mm-hmm. But the thing that you and I both agree, Act 1 is significantly better than Act 2. Okay, Act 2 is thoroughly ruined by one particular moment. 
a couple particular moments that expand. It's a domino effect of moments. Yes. Um, so, the weird thing here, so, all of Act 1, Charlie is, like, totally wants Lola in his factory, doing their thing, making shoes. Whole time. No problem with them at all. In any way. Doesn't cool say buns. anything. Yeah, they're, like, best friends. Doesn't say anything bad to him. Act 2, Charlie, same thing, except for then all of a sudden he completely hates everything that Lola stands for. <laughs> all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Oh, oh yeah, it's and, so and weird. remember when I was explaining the plot and said that the whole point of the advertising campaign was that it was targeted towards men and was specifically to be men's heels? He changes his mind at, like, the last second and decides that they have to be on women. Yeah, uh, that, uh, I get that, it, like, he, the pressure was sense. on. And, he's <laughs> like, and the goal he has is to, like, show off these new boots in Milan, and at first it seems like a good idea to have, like, men model, but then he's like, no, no, it needs to be women, I don't want to be embarrassed, my father's name, and all that nonsense. Yeah, but, like, this was, dude, this was your idea. <laughs> You can't it's, change your mind now. <laughs> it's a little late. Yeah, I think my main problem, though, is not only does he change his mind on something like that, but he changes his mind on everything. Like, he had he had previously invited Lola's whole posse into his factory to just dance around, and now all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't want none of your Nancy boys around here. Like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? <laughs> when did you become a hateful dick? <laughs> yeah, I thought we already had the hateful dick character. Um, one thing I do like about this, and I was concerned when the show started and they didn't follow this trope, they introduced that he has a slightly, like, um, financially, like, free and wife or girlfriend, fiance, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, named Nicola, um, and she's just like, hey, I really want these shoes, and I want to get married to, and I don't really want to live in Northampton, and he's like, oh, that's all cool, I want all that too, and then she just is totally fine with him, like, yeah, you, I understand you gotta go to your dad's factory, that's cool, and, like, figure it out, and then we'll pick up our lives again, and months and months, and then he has, like, this crazy idea to, like, save the factory and all that, and she stuck around through all of that and only left, like, okay, you're you're definitely not coming back and living the life I want. They could have made her the bitch, and they never did. No, and she actually had pretty good points and honestly was probably right the whole time, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, let's just say we never see this shoe idea work. The show ends at the at the uh, Milan show, which they never, you know, they never actually show him making a profit. So, do you think it's Jacob Slatter style and he just killed himself that morning? And it's just like is this our is that our meme? Is that like the meme we have every episode? We mention that it's Jacob Slatter <laughs> style. Well, it didn't start out that way, but now it's become that. Yeah, it's just like how are they gonna mention this '90s horror movie <laughs> that nobody <laughs> thinks about anymore? <laughs> and this musical theater show how will they bring up Jacob's Ladder in every episode I, I will say Jacob's Ladder is one of my favorite movies but <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless um, Jacob's Ladder the musical would be awesome someone ought to make that get on it Jason Robert Brown <laughs> Because you know, you can even change the, the name. You can call it. You can call it Jason's Ladder if you want. It's fine. 
<laughs> Jason Robert Brown would be the one to do that musical, though. You know that, right? I can see oh, that but... right now. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, like, pretentious enough that you could totally work it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think of Lola as a character? I mean, I think I said it earlier, it's just Angel again. I don't think... I think there's more to her than Angel. There is. She's better than Angel. Well, he's better than Angel. He didn't murder anyone. Or kill any dogs. Or dogs. And kill... Killing dogs is, like, worse than killing people, and if you've even ever considered hurting a dog, really, you're a bad person, and you really shouldn't be doing anything. Do you- what- I think the relationship of Charlie and Lola is, like, the most intense romance in the show, despite the fact that there being another romance in there. Um, he has- um, Charlie has a love interest in the form of- oh, what's her character's name? Do you remember? Lauren, I think. Yeah, that feels right. <laughs> Yeah, Lauren, um, who was played in the original Broadway cast by Anna Lee Ashford, who is fantastic. What do you think of her as a character? She reminds me of uh, the the secondary love story from Oklahoma, the uh, I Can't Say No. Why? I mean, it's, I, she has none of those traits. That's I don't think that's true. Like, what traits are you thinking of? Well, she has the song History of Wrong Guys, which implies that she has been with a lot of different wrong people. Yeah, but, but it doesn't she, mean that she can't can't say no. That's true, but I mean, I don't know. She has that kind of uh, she has that kind of way about her. I don't know. I like the fact that she's a working class girl. Like you don't see many girls that work in a factory outside of like Les Mis on musicals, and I the fact that she isn't shown as like a kind of uh stereotype of like a factory worker too. Like is something I really appreciate. She just kind of is a girl that also works at a factory. You know, I'm actually a little upset that none of the women that work at the factory are factory factory worker stereotypes, though. Why? Like, all the women, all the women that work at the factory are like progressive and whatever. And there's the one that's all, on Dom's side. Remember, like in the fight. I guess, but there should have been like two or three. I work in a warehouse. These people would not be on Lola's side. <laughs> From New York to Milan. Like, they just bring a bunch of, like, drag like, queens. Like, I'm sorry. And... If, if my company did a screening of Pink Flamingos, everyone would be throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> Lola didn't do anything close to Pink Flamingo level shit. <laughs> uh, I think we already agreed that Lola is divine, so... <laughs> How do you think of, like, the resolution? Because Act 2 really doesn't have an ending, and that bothers me a lot. I think this musical gets really, really, really lost in Act 2. I think they didn't know what to do and at the ending. They're just like, well, they're just, they put on the Milan show, and it's just everyone assumes everything's good, right? <laughs> like, they, they do what they... Like... they how they influenced each other and how great they've been. And really, Charlie said some really heinous shit. More heinous than anything Dom said. Dude, Don, did, Don didn't even say anything that bad, to be honest. Like, he, he said, said that some, he was hot. <laughs> like, she yeah, said that he was hot. He said some bad stuff. I'm not saying he said nothing bad, but what Charlie said was, like, way over that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Charlie was like, yeah, I fucking hate all of you people who dress like this, and you need to go away because you're an embarrassment. <laughs> to me and my daddy. Yeah, whereas Don was just like, I don't really want to wear a dress and I think it's weird that you wear a dress <laughs> and then he comes around and he wears the kinky boots at the end so he learns a lesson yeah yeah he learns that 
he it's okay to wear a dress. Yeah, finally. Finally, there's a musical that tells me how to live my life the right way. Yeah. Why are there no dresses for men? There's kilts. Kilts are not dresses, kilts are skirts. Okay. Don't um, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> there's an old quote by Eddie Izzard that I like. It's like, it's not a women's dress, it's my dress and I wear it. Sure, but I my breasts will not fit in the breast holders. I'm sorry. So you want to do what... dresses made to fit a man's physique, like without yes. having to add like the female attributes. Exactly. So we where are make... my men's dresses? What about the moo moo from Cats that um, old Deuteronomy wears? Is that is that a man? I don't dresses dresses don't usually come out in the front. They usually zip up in the back. Gotcha. Okay. I don't want to look pretty either. I want to wear a dress and look like a man. He's gonna have a Confederate <laughs> flag dress. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> don't tread on me on the back. Dude, I would totally wear that shit. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be the I would worst. Have, I would have a gun strapped to it and I'd be like, I'm a man. This is my man dress. <laughs> Chewing tobacco. <laughs> A dick hanging out from the dress. Because <laughs> it's too short. <laughs> no, a man dress would have to have a dick holder. So instead of, like, where your, where your breasts go, you have where your dingo goes. So, do you think it would have a zipper where you stick your penis through so you can still pee at a urinal? <laughs> or are you just, are you just gonna flip no, it upward just, like the kid? You just flip the... it up. You just flip it up. Everyone sees your. It's like the kid in kindergarten who would pull up his shirt and drop his pants all the way to his ankles to piss. Oh, dude, that was so me. <laughs> <laughs> We all had that one kid that did it, and you always walked in like, what? Dude, fuck! Well, I'm just taking a piss. What's going on? <laughs> I still do it, I'll be honest. <laughs> Public urinals at a train station, pants on the ground, shirt up. You can't tell me that in the privacy of your own home, you're not pulling your pants all the way down to piss. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. You're disgusting. You disgust me. On a fundamental level. Are you telling me that you don't even sit to pee because you're just too fucking lazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that. Jess, I'm sorry, but you're a bad person. My dick will hang on the water. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Hey, Andrew. Yeah, that's me. You know what I like? What do you like? I like money. And you know who's been giving us the money lately? <laughs> well, uh, maybe our fans? Our wonderful donors over at Patreon. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunick, Benjamin Lair, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, who's an actual duck, Melissa Goldman, who's an actual Goldman, Jess Lightning, who's the best Jess on the show, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Teskir, and Callum McLeod. And they give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. Did you know that, Andrew? I just found out a bit about it right now, actually. Do you feel enlightened? I'm feeling enlightened, Jess. Do you feel beautiful? Because you're a beautiful man, and I love you. I, I feel beautiful when I wear my man dress. 
Um, if you would like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, a couple bloopers, which I think I'm going to start uploading on there, because I think there's some fun stuff that just don't fit in the episode that they'd like a kick out of, and tons more. Just join them at Patreon. All right, guys, thank you for bearing with us with this introduction. Let's get back to the show. Do you know what the most beautiful thing in the world is, Charlie? A show. The most beautiful thing in the world. The most beautiful thing in the world, Charlie, that I know. Sing it, Charlie. The, the most, most beautiful thing in the world. The most beautiful thing in the world, Charlie, is beautiful. For generations have played the way before you. You'll be next in line when my time is there's a say handed down I found a value That you can tell about the fella from his Shoes! <laughs> what do you think of the most beautiful thing as an opening number? I honestly, this is maybe my least favorite song <laughs> Fucking really? It's, I think it's like one of the catchier ones And the most musical theater songs So I was expecting you to be like I like this song and no other one No, this one's kind of lame <laughs> Alright I don't know, it's, it is probably, yes, the most musical theater one, but it sounds like somebody who doesn't know how to write musical theater just kind of being like, eh, this is what it sounds like, right? Do your best Cindy Lauper impression. <laughs> I don't have a Cindy Lauper impression. Oh, this is what it sounds like. Oh, no, that's not okay. <laughs> Why do you like this one? Do you, do you like this one? Um, I don't think it's the right number for this musical, because it really doesn't set up the world. The only thing it does a really good job of setting up is the dichotomy between Lola and Charlie as children and setting up that they're going to have a larger connection later. I think it does a really good job at that. And the factory as a location. Those are the two really things it does a really good job with. Um, I don't much like the idea that it's centered around the shoes, but it also gives you the idea of the pressure that's being put on Charlie. I think what is kind of odd, though, is that Charlie isn't against it in when he's a kid. He only becomes against it when he's an adult. You know, when he gets poisoned by the Yoko Ono. Exactly. So, never, never, never date, date women. Only date men. Exactly. Only date Lola. Yeah, I'd date Lola. I, I'd choose Lola out of any of the women in this show. I think I'd go with Lauren. Maybe Nicola. Nicola seems to have a lot of sense. I think I might go with her. Yeah, what 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 do you have against Lauren though? She's too poor for me. <laughs> I, <laughs> you guys I, can't I, see you can't see my face. <laughs> I am concerned with the fact that Lauren is dating her boss, and I'm worried about like employer privilege and all that. I feel like that gives her an unfair. She advantage. approached him though. Yeah, and like they're probably dating now. That's true. That is true. Is it worth risking your job on Lauren? I mean, I guess she... Get HR up in this shit. What if HR she is has... just Lola? Lola's HR. <laughs> she has a history of wrong guys, so... History of bad fries. Mmm. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> That's much worse, in my opinion. <laughs> you gotta take what you got Even when your life is in nuts You take aim, take your shot Sometimes you gotta rewrite the plot. You gotta take what you got. Alright, let's talk about the next song, Take What You Got. Um, this song bothers me a lot. Yes, me too. 
What the, who the fuck is this guy? He disappears. He's he just, never comes. What? He never comes back. He's just <laughs> that guy who sings the one song. It's, it's so like, weird. It's almost like a cameo. Like it should be like a celebrity guest. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he asks, like, "Will you help me?" And then you're assuming, like, "Oh, he's gonna help run the business and all that." And maybe I what I thought was he's gonna be he's gonna be like the secret bad guy, where it's like, "Will you help me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll help you." And then it turns out that he's the bad guy. Yeah, and then, but he never, he never shows up again. <laughs> this is one of those elements. Like, I like this musical a lot. Um, I have a lot of fun when I watch it. It's enjoyable. It's easy. It's candy. Um, that being said, it feels incomplete in the same way that Rent feels incomplete. Where I'm like, who the fuck is this hairy guy? He's just he just shows up. He's like, I play the guitar, and I used to work with your dad, and by. <laughs> we're gonna sing the song and it also like he helps him but it's never really mentioned that he does it ever again it's like okay yeah he bought the rest of your shoes at a discount and that's it <laughs> it's just so weird like yeah he's gonna buy the shoes off of you and then he disappears it feels like a weird character introduction he feels like he should be more important than he is well it's it's the second song in the show. It should be the <laughs> I Want song. It's so fucking kooky. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that song anymore. Just someone explain to me why the song's here. Yeah, like, can, well, my explanation is that these are all just pop songs, so... It's like, kind of doesn't matter what order you listen to them in. And this this song you could put anywhere in Act 1, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it has to come before you introduce Lola, so I guess it makes sense. Okay, fair enough. But honestly, cut the song, just let us meet Lola, because that's kind of where we're building. With a prize that's undetected Let Lola lift you to your highest highs Let's explore your high of fancy tonight High of pumps, treat your right Speaking of Lola, let's talk about the land of Lola This is a pretty fun one Fuck, I love this song, dude Got a very good, like, like sexy kind of feel to it. And the lyrics are really, really good, and it's fun and cute. It's a good energy song that makes me feel, like, hype for the rest of the musical. Like, I kind of wish this was somehow the opening number, because I did not know what kind of musical I was in for until this song popped up, and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go! I think I like also that they juxtapose this song with Charlie having to fire everybody, too. Which yeah. is nice. Like, it uh, shows her as, like, the light in the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Like, there's specific lyrics that I... D- I love rhymes that I don't quite see coming. Like, there's one in specific that I just hum to myself, which is, I'm Black Jesus, I'm Black Mary, but this Mary's legs are hairy. And especially with the delivery <laughs> and all that. Like, I, I didn't see the rhyme coming, and it's fun. Like, this is where Cindy Lauper's at her best, and it's super effective, and... I love it. Billy Porter specifically does a really good job with this. Um, he was the original Broadway version of this. It's a, it's a probably maybe the best song in the show. 
I, I'm willing to agree with it. Like, it, we never reached that high again, but I think the ballads still are very, very good at the, the same level in a different good, way. But, but this one, is, it honestly, it sucks that it's so early in the show and they don't really reprise it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But there is songs that are very similar to it, like Sex is in the Heel is kind of a similar feel. Sex in the Heel is a very different beat to it, though, and it feels grander. Yes, it's not as good either. <laughs> really? You don't think Sex is in the Heel is as good? What do you have an issue with? I don't know. It's I, I guess it's it's not like it's a bad song. I just didn't like it as much. Maybe it's just a personal thing. Maybe it's not really... Is it because it's I more wasn't... of a group number? Do you just not like group that numbers? Might, that might be it. Maybe... I do like group numbers normally, but maybe that particular style doesn't work as well with that group number. Like, I like how everyone just kind of comments on it and, like, how it, it pushes plot forward. You've In a lot of these musicals, you very rarely see it, like, actually push plot forward, where they come up with an idea as the song goes. Like, they think of the way that the heel could hold a man. Um, they describe the scientific elements of a heel and why it's important for, like, the sexual appeal, so to say. And how Lola has grown accustomed to these people, and they've grown accustomed to her with just like her being there for a few minutes. No, I can I can see that. I just don't love the song. <laughs> I appreciate it more than I like it. If that makes sense, I like it as That's a storytelling like, piece yes. than like a song that I listen to. kind of like history of wrong guys though i like the song a lot too it's it's a funny charm song that's just there to be goofy yeah it that's literally all it is is just goofy i really like the part where she has like the air blower thing and she blows her hair back that's really fun like can we talk about this specific recording we had that had um killian donnelly and and matt henry okay um killian donnelly and matt henry um, specifically, we're comparing it to <laughs> No One Called Ahead, and how this is such a good recording of a stage show. Like, there's no way they recorded it all together live, like, so they probably implemented a lot of audience reaction. And the audience reaction gets you hype along with it, like, when they just cheer randomly at moments. Like, when Lola comes on for the first time, the audience just loses their shit. It just gets you equally as excited. And when that hair blower moment in this song goes on and the audience just starts applauding and screaming, you're just like, you feel your adrenaline rushing with it. Yeah, it's it's more of a live experience, which is how these are meant to be seen. It's not supposed to be seen. Like, I feel like uh, stage shows have more like crowd pleaser moments than things like movies or TV do. Uh, because it, there are supposed to be moments where the crowd is supposed to like applaud or cheer. Whereas when you watch a movie, there sometimes is moments like that in something like a Marvel movie or something like that where there's fan service, but it's not in the same way. I mean, yes, but I like, especially when the jokes, jokes land better in Broadway shows and in stage shows altogether when there is an 
a laughter afterwards or an applause afterwards. Like, specifically in the Into the Woods one we did, like, I was meant to be charming, not sincere, and the audience kind of applauses and loses their shit when that line is said. Like, that makes those moments stand out. And I think if No One Called Ahead had had that, like, a lot of those jokes would have, like, really, like, popped. Yes. Audiences are important in these recordings. The audience is one of the actors, you know? It's important. It's what makes live theater live. Come on, guys. Get with the times, fellas. (laughs) But History of Wrong Guys, really fun song. Um, Gives a chance for a comedic lady song and you don't get enough of those in my opinion when i was just a kid everything i did was to be like him under my skin My father always thought If I was strong and thought Not like some albatross I'd begin To fit Look at me, powerless and holding my breath Trying hard to repress what scared him to death It was never easy to be his type of man To breathe freely was not in his plan And the best part of me is what he wouldn't see I'm not my father's son You want to talk I'm about not, not my father's son? I do. You, you can see it. You can see it in my eyes. I see it in your eyes. Just go, go ahead. Go. Go off. Go, my child. Not My Father's Son <laughs> is such a good song until Charlie ch- chimes in. Like, it's such a beautiful ballad where you can feel exactly where Lola's coming from in her life. And there's no anger or, like, vitriol against her father. More like, yo, it was rough, and I didn't quite live up to what he wanted, and that kind of sucks. And then Charlie's like, man, I didn't want to make shoes! <laughs> Well, I think it's supposed to be seen that they both have the same sort of feeling, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they both feel the same way, that they're not living up to their father, this father's expectations. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fucking goofy. Um, and just, you, Lola's, like, describing, like, having to fight her dad every day and, like, being a fighter, and he's just like, my dad didn't like the fact that I didn't really like shoes, and I'm sad. I'm like, you know, you could have just listened to Lola. You didn't have to tie your own shit here. He's not in it that long. He only has, like, the last verse, right? Yeah. Um, So I feel like his inclusion is just as, like, a, hey, these two characters are the same in this way. I guess. Uh, It feels a little disingenuous is kind of how I feel about it. It's like um, a case of the not gays in a way. (laughs) 
Like, I don't hey, think so. hey, look at this. We're we're just the same. Um, it's like the white slaver who gets in a fight with his wife sometimes. It's like, man, you and I are both slaves. I don't think so, because Charlie has never done anything bad to Lola. Yet. Yeah, but it's also, that shouldn't have happened, so let's just ignore that. <laughs> with all your folks, I love you. Don't give up. Homie, I won't give up on you. Well, you took my hand, taught me how to be strong. That's where I picked up when we went all wrong. I know that. So, what do you think of <laughs> Hold Me in Your Heart, Lola's final ballad? Hold Me in Your Heart? Yeah. Uh, you mean the one where she's singing to her father? Yeah. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I really like the moment where she actually talks to her father, and the father's, like, comatose or something. I'm not sure. It's kind of sad. I mean, it's sad, but effective. Like, you get why Lola would come back. I mean, I don't get why Lola would come back. I mean, you mean come back to her dad or come back to Charlie? To Charlie. I don't really get that, to be honest, because Charlie says really mean stuff. Like, meaner than the stuff I just said. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but at that moment, she's doing it not for him anymore. She's doing it for herself. Yeah. She's like, your the way little she... pussy e e voicemails didn't bring me here. The fact that I'm going to be performing in Milan brought me here. Yeah, but, like, that's just, like, the overly dramatic thing that's to say. It's almost like you're supposed to imply that the pussy uh, <laughs> voicemails did bring her there, but she doesn't want to admit it. Uh, Andrew, why do you gotta be so cynical? Because that's who I am as a, as a person. That's why the show exists, Jess. Jess, when will you just learn to accept me for who I am? I did lose a bet, so now I have to. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, that final scene, the last number of the entire show, it just becomes a bombastic. I bet it's amazing. It's, live. it's like the end of Rocky Horror, where they all get the boots. I bet it's incredible to see live, and it's hilarious, and, and the entire energies throughout the room. But in the end, I'm like, oh, I, I'm not quite satisfied yet. I don't feel like everything was resolved. Wait, quite guys, yet. you forgot to end the story. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't you want to know what happens to me? They never say if that saves the company or not. They're just like, at the end, they're Let's just dance! like, oh yeah. Let's dance! It's like the end of like of the Emoji movie or some shit. It's just like, <laughs> Mega Party or Shrek or something like that. Then I Dude, saw Megamind, her face! Megamind is amazing, and you need to stop dissing I like Megamind. It, okay? it does end with a dance party, though. It does end with a dance party. Pretty much every DreamWorks movie ends with a dance party. <laughs> Except for the How to Train Your Dragon movies, and that's why they're a cut above the others. Not, nope, the third one has a dance party. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I just, I'm fucking with you. You made me think for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> no, but like, the end is just like, be who you want to be. Is that really the moral here, though? 
Because to me, the moral is that you need to market to a niche market that has not been tapped into yet if you want to make good profits in a global economy. I, I, I'm going to agree with you. That, that is a good lesson to take away from this. That's a good moral. Mm -hmm. yeah. So guys, we decided that we're now marketing our Patreon exclusively to the small niche market of furries. <laughs> <laughs> so we're now marketing exclusively to furries. So if you want all that sweet cats related content. That's fucking, all we're doing. That's all we're doing from now on. Cats Jellicles do what Jellicles can. Jellicles, Jellicles, Jellicles. Man, I feel like we just talked about this for an hour and, and didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really hard it's to just, end that's kind something of the, like this. This is just kind of the show, the type of show this was, though. Like, Kinky Boots is like... You watch it and you're like, yeah, that was okay. And then you're then you're done. You forget about it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun while watching it, though. And the highs are very, very, very high. Like, The Land of Lola. I recently shot a film and it was like one of the most stressful things I've ever done. And every morning I would turn on The Land of Lola and Sex is in the Heel to just get me pumped up and try to get my energy high for what I had ahead of me. Good for you, Jess. Did you wear your heels while doing it? I did. I wore my kinky boots. Nice. You know what else is nice, Andrew? <laughs> What is nice? Um, our wonderful donators over at Patreon. Um, they help us get a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lerner, um, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Teskier, and Callum McLeod. So, yeah, they're getting a lot of extra stuff that you're not getting. So, if you want to be cool like them, you should join our Patreon. Andrew, what is your overall thoughts on Kinky Boots and your cheese rating? Well, my overall thoughts is it's it's okay. Uh, I would say it's a very predictable story with pop music that sounds like pop music, but it's fun. And it doesn't... I think the thing is it's it's kind of... Um, if it did those elements poorly, it would be really bad, but because it does that well, it keeps it at this, like, nice, okay, very watchable standard. Um, would I seek it out? Probably not, but it's not, if you're, if you're gonna watch something, it's not bad. As far as a cheese rating, um, hmm, I, I'm not totally sure what type of cheese rating I'd give this, because it's kind of something, I guess I, 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 it's a very British show, so I guess I'll pick a British cheese. Let's see. List of British cheeses. What sounds... Ah, I don't really... There's no cheese from uh, the place that this took place. <laughs> so shit, I'm out, of, I'm out of ideas. I'm gonna give it... Uh, I like the name of this cheese. I'm gonna give it Dovedale, which is a full, fat, soft, blue-veined cheese from cow's milk. Sounds fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fair. That's a good choice. Um, I really like Kinky Boots. Yes, the second act is significantly worse than the first act, but the first act oh, has so absolutely. many high highs. And <laughs> really, I love the relationship between Charlie and Lola. It is a great thing. It is a really good overarching relationship. Honestly, as much as it has faults, I thoroughly enjoy this. 
and it came to me at the right time for me to enjoy it. I remember when it first hit Broadway, I was really against it because I was super pro Matilda the Musical and this beat Matilda the Musical for like everything that year. But now giving it a watch, I think that this has merit a lot more than I had given it credit for at the time. Matilda's still better, though. Oh, yeah, at 100% still better, but this is still a lot, a lot of fun. So my cheese rating is actually Kinky Cheese, which is a form of marijuana. That's not, that's not cheese. It's a Kinky Cheese. Jess, that's not, Jess, that's not cheese. Yes, it is. Jess, if you'd like to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher... We are at Musicals with Cheese. Our Twitter is Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. Our email, combo breaker, is musicaltheaterlives <laughs> at gmail.com. And if you like our title card, why don't you see uh, Jolene Casco over at Instagram at Jolene Casco. Go hire her for things so she'll like us more. Um, Andrew, I've hired her for things as well. I'm gonna hire her for things. She's incredible. Absolutely, very good. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it on up? Um, your band. Well, if you're if you're listening to this at the time of release, um, you will still have time. If you live in the New York City area, I will be playing a show on Saturday, the seventh of September, 2019, in uh. At Connolly's Club near Times Square uh, with my band, Thanks. Uh, so if you're in the area and you want to drop in and say hello, it is 21 and up, but it will be a lot of fun. And I hear, I have sources that say Jess may even show. I might so, show up, so come come hang with me in the audience. So it'll be a fun night and you can hang out with both me and Jess. Uh, Our first unofficial musical with cheese meetup in New York City. Which also happens to be my band playing, which will be fun. Yeah. So you get to hear Andrew's creative um, expression, and we get to chat about musicals, probably. I mean, what else would we talk about? The weather? Probably musicals. I mean, maybe the weather. If you like, if you like the weather, it's fine. You can bring it up. <laughs> All right, guys. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Bye-bye. Bye. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.